Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been set their team good afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome to the Atlasford planning council meeting for the 16th of December um, some housekeeping before we start please um, there's no fire alarm drill expected today, so if the bells sound, we'll evacuate down the stairs and meet on the circular green um, where we will be looked after by our fire marshals. Please make sure all your mobile phones are switched off. Um, this meeting is being recorded, so councillors, please make sure your microphones are on before you speak. Thank you. Um, do we have apologies for absence? Uh, there's apologies for absence from Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you very much. Any declarations of interest, members? Fine, then we'll move on to the minutes of the previous meeting, which have been circulated. Uh, can I sign those as a true record? I will do so, thank you. Uh, matters arising, starting on page 5. Page 6. Yes, Councillor Lodge. Uh, under uh, I.I.I, uh, we were going to do the, the final contribution assessment towards affordable housing. I wonder if we had had a progress report on, uh, on that. I will ask Mr Brown Thank to you. address that for us. Thank you. There is progress. Um, <laughs> I won't go into any detail, but needless to say, the second opinion, if you like, has been given and there is now ongoing discussions between the officer, that second opinion, and the developer. So that's work ongoing. But yes, progress has been made. You will get an ongoing report, yeah. I think we will do it by a separate, because we need to update your members. Fine. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Page 7. 8. 9 and 10. Fine, thank you. Then we'll move on then to our first item on the agenda, item 4.1, which is application UTT 15-2632. It's for details following outline approval at Elsenham. And Mr Trevelyan, you will take us through, please. Thank you. Sorry, Chairman, just sorting out the... Uh so I've got a loose connection here, it's a little bit. <laughs> oh, which we might have to bear with it just how it is like that, I think. Right, thank you, Chairman. Uh, the first item on today's agenda is the site known as the land south of Stansted Road, which is located on the southwestern edge of the village of Elsnam. 
The site is located, the site is itself is generally rectangular in shape, covering three distinct fields over an area of approximately 12 and a half hectares. It has a significant slope uh, that slopes away from Stansted Road along the frontage down towards the southern boundary itself. The site currently comprises of mainly agricultural land and is relatively open with no established built form upon it. The site extends around Old Mildon Farm, which is, which is located just here, and the M11 abuts the most western boundary with residential housing to the east and to the north and along the south here we have stand, uh, the brook and also the railway. This application relates to a reserve matters following the granting of outline planning permission was for the erection of up to 165 dwellings, open space and allotments. The reserve matters up for discussion today is relates to appearance, layout, scale and landscaping. The provision of one hectare of allotments has been provided along with open space, including a trim trail. Um, and also we've got the development here in terms of the up to 165 dwellings. The proposal incorporates a range of housing types, including one bedroom masonettes, two and three bedroom bungalows, and two, three, four, and five bedroom houses. Building styles within the development would range from terrace style buildings, semi-detached and detached buildings that can contain different sizes and scales and have an assorted use of external finishes and materials. The dwellings would be predominantly two storeys in height, although there would also be a limited amount extending to two and a half storeys. As you can see here, there's just some of the, uh, the cross-section elevation plans detailing some of the, uh, the housing types within the scheme. In relation to the assessment of the proposal, the proposed layout in the site is generally in accordance with the approved master plan that was granted permission under the outline application. The layout, size and scale of the proposal is considered to be appropriate to reflect the character and appearance of the characters of the site and the wider context. On balance, it is concluded that the appropriate mitigation measures, the amenities of living conditions of future occupiers of the new dwellings would be appropriate. In addition, it is considered that the proposal would not prevent the adjoining commercial business from wanting to develop in the future if desired or continue its ongoing operations. The proposed affordable housing provision meets the requirements of the section 106 and the mix of one, two, three, four and five bedrooms is appropriate across the development. The proposed development will cause no harm to matters of highway safety. In addition, appropriate parking provisions is made throughout the site for both future occupiers and visitors. The proposed landscaping of open space, including street frontages, is considered to be appropriate. In addition, the proposal will not result in significant harm to either ecology or biodiversity. No objections have been made from either the local flooding or water authorities, and the proposal will not lead to excessive harm upon the amenities of adjoining property occupiers. Officers therefore consider that the proposal is in accordance with both national and local policies and meets the obligations of the Section 106 agreement under the attached outline permission. Officers therefore recommend the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions and the variation of the outline Section 106 agreement. Thank you, Chairman.
Thank you, Mr. Tavillion. <coughs> now we have uh, some speakers, and the first of those is the District Councillor Parr. You have five minutes, Councillor Parr. Thank you, Chairman. Um, members of the Planning Committee, I'm here today to ask you to refuse this application. I've been asked by many residents to come along today and represent their views regarding this development. Firstly, this site is within the countryside protection zone and outside development limits. Elsenham has already had its fair share of development and therefore there is no need to build on countryside protection zone areas within the village. Elsenham Parish Council has voiced concerns that the issues raised by Stansted Airport under the previous refused application have not been considered in this application. They have also raised concerns regarding the proposed surface water drainage strategy for the development and in particular in terms of public safety risks. Many residents feel that the infrastructure in the village cannot cope with the constant increase in development. They also have concerns regarding the capacity for local roads to cope with the increase in traffic. Globe Engineering will be very close to the new development and they have concerns that the new residents will be affected by noise from the operations undertaken on the site. It is felt that this has not been properly looked at. Overall, this application is unwanted in Elsenham and many residents have objected. I urge members of the Planning Committee to consider the views of local residents before making a decision on this application. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Parr. <coughs> Our next speaker is Dr Graham Mott. And you have three minutes, Dr Mott. Thank you. <coughs> Mr Chairman, Elsenham needs more bungalows on account of an ageing population. The inclusion in this application of eight bungalows out of a total of 165 dwellings falls marginally short of the stipulated provision of 5%. I suggest, sir, that 5% means 5% and not 4.84 recurring percent. I live on the north side of Stansted Road, directly opposite to the site at the eastern end. Our house is surrounded on three sides by large approved housing developments, making mine the most affected household in the most affected road in the most affected settlement in Uttlesford. We feel entitled to some sympathetic consideration. The application claims that the eight bungalows are located so as to minimise the visual aspect on existing properties. In fact, that is true of four only out of the eight. As far as I can judge, we would be nearer to new dwellings than any of the other existing premises, since the houses to the south of Stansted Road would be distanced by their long back gardens. When I pointed out our position to the applicants for outline planning permission, they agreed that it would be reasonable if the houses nearest to us were replaced by bungalows, which would make good sense visually at the highest part of the site, and I asked the committee to stipulate that the dwellings closest to Stansted Road should be bungalows. I should also like to comment briefly on the question of the noise emanating from Globe Engineering, surrounded as they are on three sides by the site. They state that they have been able to operate 24 hours a day for over 20 years. The Environmental Health Officer concludes that further distancing of the houses would be preferable. The consultants for the applicants suggest that new residents would know what they were letting themselves in for, but this bogus contention could be used to justify any breach of regulations. The argument for an ample cordon sanitaire 
which errs on the side of generosity and hence ensures no possible future uh, conflict is surely unanswerable. Globe Engineering have made clear that if they feel that conflict with future neighbours might arise, they would have no alternative then, regretfully, to consider leaving the village. Elsinum needs their useful contribution to local employment much more than it needs yet more houses. Nothing has been presented to show a demand in the village for new housing on the scale currently planned of over 50%, sir. Mr Chairman, I will conclude by saying that originally the application for this site was for 130 houses and was increased to 165 for no good reason. A reduction in the number of houses and an increase in the bungalows would make for a far more realistic contribution to housing supply. Mr Chairman, sir, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you, Dr Mudd. Our next speaker is Mr David Whips. And you have three minutes, Mr Whips. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak on this matter. I speak on behalf of Globe Engineering, who you will be aware carry on a precision engineering business from adjoining premises. I contend on their behalf that this application should not be approved at present. Globe do not seek to prevent the entire development for all times. They merely urge you not to allow it to go ahead until there is certainty that Globe can coexist with the proposed residential development. Globe manufactures components primarily for the automotive, pharmaceutical, medical and aerospace industries. Its operations are on occasions unavoidably noisy. It appears to be agreed by all that noise generated by their operations does increase the background noise levels significantly. Mr Thomas on behalf of um, Globe will explain this more fully shortly. Globe firmly believes that the mitigation measures proposed by the applicants will not be entirely effective. This view is supported by their own noise consultant. There is therefore a real danger that if the current proposal is permitted, the immunity of future residents will be adversely affected by noise and the ability of Globe to continue to run their business viably and efficiently could be adversely affected. Indeed, they could be forced to either close altogether or, if it's economically viable to do so, to relocate. They should not have to do either. I leave Mr Thomas to explain the technical aspects of noise more fully, but at this stage I simply draw to your attention that your own officers in their report on two occasions indicate they're not in a position to resolve the differences between the applicants, applicants' noise consultants and those of GLOBE. They cannot therefore give confirmation that matters will be satisfactory. In short, GLOBE contend that some of the proposed dwellings are simply too close to their factory. Indeed, they are closer than shown in the draft layout plan submitted with the outline. There are therefore two options. Firstly, the scheme should be amended so as to move some of the dwellings further away from Globe's factory. Alternatively, the applicant has very recently suggested that Globe should look at providing additional sound insulation and air conditioning to their premises, to their premises and that they might consider assisting. Globe are willing to explore this possibility together with the applicants. Suggestions only been made in the last week and there's been insufficient time to take advice and consider the matter properly, including obtaining quotations. Moreover, Globe, whilst Globe were willing to meet some of the additional cost, they would, they would expect a contribution. 
The situation, members, I say, is, is not dissimilar to, to the conflict which can arise between nightclubs in London and the aspirations of developers to provide additional residential accommodation. There, the residential developers are being obliged to work with the, the operators of the nightclubs because they are both important to London, that is, nightclubs and also, uh, and I say rightly so, our globe and, and, and future residents. I say, therefore, in conclusion, there is a possible way forward to achieve everyone's aims or objectives, but some additional time is required. Would you please, therefore, defer consideration of his application to enable these further discussions to occur? Thank you, members. Thank you, Mr. Whips. And now uh, we have the aforementioned Mr. Dan Thomas. Thank you. And you also have three minutes, Mr. Thomas. <coughs> uh, yes, as David just said, I'm a noise consultant representing Globe Engineering. Um, I'd just like to start um, by talking about the actual noise levels at the nearest plots. Um, in recent correspondence, Ardent have um, stated that the, the nearest plot, um, 6160, around about 28 metres away. Um, my calculations would um, suggest that there would still be a, an attenuation requirement for any proposed screening of buildings or acoustic fencing or anything else that would offer attenuation, uh, that the requirement would be around about sort of 20 decibels from that uh, proposed screening. Um, uh, the one of the problems with this is that um, uh, the actual achieving of 20 decibels is not as straightforward as it might sound. Um, there's notable sort of uh, authors um, on this uh, sort of matter suggest that uh, a theoretical limit really, the theoretical limit would be 20 decibels or 20 dBA. And this would, only achieve, this would only be achieved through large path differences created by extensive screening, um, blocking, um, line of sight uh, and more um, to, to all of the, the, the noise exposed areas such as garden areas, um, plot 60, um, plot 33 and some of the, the more exposed garden areas. Um, uh, a further research I've done on this with regards to the software that's predicted um, that um, noise levels will be met or target noise levels of 5 dB above background will be met. Um, I've spoken to uh, NoiseMap, I've spoken to Roger Thompson there, um, and uh, he says that really this, this software is not really suitable for predicting the industrial noise with residential so close. Um, and also that there could be no consideration of any reflections um, of buildings. Uh, obviously, there'd be a, a big built-up area rather than an open space now. And um, these reflections would bypass any screening that would um, be put in the way of the, the noise source being globe engineering um, and the nearest receivers being the new dwellings. Um, as I touched on before, these, some, of these specific, some of the specific plots um, that I mentioned, plot 33, 60, um, 77, have um, got garden areas really which can only be screened by a, a fairly near field uh, or close proximity acoustic screen or acoustic fencing to globe engineering. Um, again, that would cause reflections between the globe engineering building um, and the fence and then ultimately diffraction of that sound over the top of any, of any barriers. Um, plot 33, um, so would have a, a fence, I presume, on the boundary line at the bottom of its garden. Um, 
our fence in this position is possibly the worst in terms of gaining attenuation or noise reduction as it's central between the noise source and the receiver. This creates the least path difference possible and therefore certainly not near the theoretical limits which would be required to achieve the 20 dB reduction which I feel would be necessary to meet, hit the, um, the target noise levels. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Um, we now have the applicant's agent, uh, Kieran Wheeler, and you will have uh, nine minutes uh, for your case, and I believe you need to... Yes, okay, if you can share the time between you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to address the committee this afternoon. My name is Kieran Wheeler and I'm a planning director at Savills and we're the agents for the applicant Cress Nicholson. <clears throat> Crest has recently retained their position as National House Builder of the Year. They have a proven track record for delivering high quality low density schemes across the country and also within the district. They're fully committed to delivering this scheme and the necessary funding and construction team is in place to start works as soon as possible. You will have hopefully received the uh, short briefing brochure that we prepared setting out the key benefits and um, details of the scheme. As you will be aware, the Council granted outline planning permission in December 2013 for uh, up to 165 new homes, which, uh, which established the principle of development on the site and the access arrangements from Stansted Road. The proposals before you are the, uh, the result of extensive pre-application dialogue with your officers. The Reserve Matters Scheme has been developed in accordance with the principles and parameters established by the Outline Permission and will deliver all 165 new residential units, including 40% affordable housing. This provision will assist in meeting the Council's identified local housing need and also contribute towards maintaining your, uh, your five-year housing supply. The scheme includes a broad mix of homes ranging from one to five bedroom houses and bungalows for older people in accordance with the prevailing policy requirements. The proposed affordable housing accords fully with the mix and cluster requirements specified in the Section 106 agreements. Aside from the delivery of new homes, the application incorporates a number of other important benefits, including the provision of new allotments um, extending to one hectare in size with appropriate access, parking, servicing and security features, a leap incorporating a trim trail with informal exercise and play equipment located around a jog jogging track, a lap uh, with, with naturalistic play equipment for younger children, um, and, and finally over two hectares of um, other landscaped areas including meadow planting, um, providing a space for impromptu games, uh, recreation and walking. Each home has a generous and um, policy compliant garden space and uh, off-street parking. The proposed landscaping strategy incorporates extensive grassed areas, garden beds and street trees to create an attractive uh, and sustainable residential environment. The overall density of the scheme is much lower than other recently approved schemes within the village. I note the comments from the objectors. In response to the acoustic issues, I would advise that Crestors work closely with the environmental health team um, to prepare a robust acoustic assessment over the last year. The scope for the assessment was agreed with the Council and we have undertaken the noise measurements in accordance with relevant standards and guidance. We therefore consider the assessment to be robust. The assessment was prepared by Matt Richards, who's with me today, from Ardent, who has extensive experience in dealing with acoustic matters. 
Matt is here um, to, to deal with a couple of the specific points raised, but is happy to deal with um, any questions members may have if, if, if necessary. The, um, the acoustic work undertaken um, identified an appropriate mitigation um, strategy uh, which will ensure the amenity and living conditions of future residents are protected. This in turn will, will ensure that there is no adverse impact on the operation of the adjoining business. Members will be aware from the site visit today that noise wasn't significant, um, that noise wasn't significant even standing next to the facility with the doors and windows open. Future residents will of course have the benefit of the detailed acoustic mitigation uh, within their properties. This mitigation strategy has included um, a number of amendments to the layout of the scheme. Um, we have moved the nearest residential properties further away from the adjoining business. The units have also been redesigned uh, to ensure that there are no habitable rooms on exposed facades. Um, it, it is also proposed to use triple glazing and install a mechanical ventilation and heat recovery system where required. Finally, car barns and acoustic fencing, as um, referred to uh, earlier, um, are proposed along the boundary of um, the adjoining houses um, to provide additional attenuation. Uh, we are um, developing these uh, uh, mitigation measures um, uh, in detail as part of the detailed sort of package of uh, drawings which will be um, submitted under condition 11 of the outline permission. As a consequence of the amendments and the proposed mitigation measures, um, the assessment demonstrates that even under the worst case scenario, tested the level of noise from adjoining businesses experienced at the nearest properties in the scheme would not be significant and represent a noise nuisance. It's also worthy of note that the existing properties on Old Mill Farm, uh, which do not benefit from the mitigation measures that Crest are proposing, are already subject and are, and are already subject to noise levels from the adjoining business, where, um, which will be well in excess of those predicted for our properties in the scheme. Despite this, there is no record of a formal complaint ever being received uh, by these or made by these properties. Members will have also noticed the noise from the M11 on the site visit, which has, um, of course, been fully addressed through the provision of a six metre high acoustic bund, details of which will be provided within the information submitted to uh, Discharge Condition 11. Following extensive discussions, we are pleased to note that the Council's Environmental Health Officer has raised no objection to the proposals, subject to the appropriate conditions and Section 106 obligations. I can confirm that Crest are happy to accept all of these uh, obligations and conditions. In response to the, um, the request to defer the application, I would advise that Crest are committed to working with Globe Engineering moving forward outside of the planning process. However, the air conditioning improvements being requested by Globe are not required as part of the acoustic mitigation strategy, nor are they necessary to make the application acceptable in planning terms. Crest has undertaken a, detail, a lot of detailed noise survey work over the last year in order to provide the Council with sufficient information to enable you to make a robust decision this afternoon. As detailed in the Officers' Committee report, Crest will continue to develop the detailed specification, um, as I've already alluded to, um, and submit these details for approval under Condition 11. In summary, that, that, um, this significant housing, um, social and planning package accords with the requirements of the outline permission and the presumption in favour of sustainable development. Your officers have, officers have concluded that the proposals are acceptable in planning terms and there are no, no objections to it um, from any statutory technical consultees. I therefore respect, respectfully request that the application be approved in accordance with the officer's recommendation. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, first I'll just start um, 
to uh, the point about my software. Um, I've successfully used noise map software um, in the past uh, countless times, numerous times. Um, the principles of um, propagation are the same. Um, the, the methodologies used by the software are universal. Um, and I stand by the output of my model 100%. Um, on the point of the 20 decibels we require um, in the, that needs um, significant screening and interruption of path and significant mass, all of these items are achieved independently um, by, addition, by the items that we're proposing. We have um, a two to three metre high acoustic specification barrier. We have that around the boundary of the site. We have additional mass and additional path interruption provided by the car barns. And uh, we also have um, uh, the rear gardens being behind the, uh, uh, being behind the plot themselves, between the plot, the plot being between Globe and the rear gardens. Um, I in no way find 20 decibels under that scenario to be unachievable. Um, and I welcome any close scrutiny of my model or, or calculations. I stand by them 100%. Thank you very much. Right, members, I'm going to throw questions open to you. Sorry. Oh, yes. I do apologise. Yes, we have... Uh, we have Marcus Watt here from the Council's Environmental Health Officer so um, if you have questions relating to that, um, they should be directed to Marcus. Right, who's going to kick us off? Councillor Lachlan, thank you. Will there? Um, well, firstly, I was looking at um, paragraph 1054 on page 26. I ought to say that I didn't attend the site visit this morning, so I wouldn't have been aware of uh, any noise or anything like that. So I, it wouldn't be fair for me to say that I, you know, speak about it when I wasn't there. But it does say, uh, during busy operational periods, it is clear that the inhabitants will need to ensure that windows to the front of their properties will need to remain closed to prefer, preserve a low internal noise level. Well, does that mean in the summer... You can't have your window open in case uh, you get blasted out by noise. Uh, that wouldn't seem to me to be very satisfactory. But um, that part, I actually didn't vote for this last time around because um, if you look at paragraph 2.3, it says the site currently comprises mainly agricultural land and is rel relatively open with no established built form. So I believe I voted against that because it was contrary to... Uh, S7 and S8 and uh, I, I know it's got outline planning permission but I haven't changed my mind so that and with the, uh, the unsatisfactory noise to some of the houses I, I won't be voting for this Thank you Councillor Lachlan Or I won't be voting positively for this I should say Thank you, any further comments? Councillor Lodge then Councillor Hicks after that Thanks, Chairman. Um, I was interested by the, um, uh, the first presentation about the percentage of bungalows, so I'd like to, uh, like to ask um, officers about, uh, about the, the technical position on that and whether it can be changed. Also, um, I was looking at one other point. I've just lost the page now, but I've got back to it. And it was concerned uh, overlooking and the, um, 
the fact that the Essex design guide is not uh, is not followed exactly on that. I'm talking about page 22, section 10.13, 10 10.13, uh, so that um, we're not meeting the Essex design guidelines here. Uh, why not? Why do we have to do that? Um, uh, one other point I made the the uh, point during the visit about motorway noise particularly and uh, uh, that was very obvious and, and uh, from, from the visit when we were near Globe Engineering it was far more intrusive than the, than the engineering works. Um, I suggested will there be some works there. I think that you, um, you weren't sure of what that was. They've mentioned here uh, an earth bond works. Uh, so I'd like to know if that has been reviewed carefully and if we feel that that will make the, uh, the uh, say necessary, the, the, the amelioration of the situation. I think we're never going to mask out a motorway completely, but I'd like the views of the officers on that, please. Thank you. Right, there's three, three parts to that. So uh, on the bungalows issues. Yeah, just in terms of the bungalows to start off with, there, yeah, there is a requirement of local politics that has to be 5% of bungalows. Now... What Dr. Mott was saying is in terms of 4.84%, effectively what it comes out to, but we round it up to the nearest whole number. So, for example, if it was, say, 4.4%, then you could have argued potentially there was a lack of provision of bungalows on the side. But effectively, the eight bungalows meets the, the local policy of, of 5% in that case. <laughs> Correct. Um, yes, in, in terms of the overlooking aspect, yes, there are a couple of properties that don't quite meet the exit design guidelines in terms of back-to-back -back distances, like what I have mentioned out there. But in general, the officer's view there is that on balance, um, given that it's only half a dozen or so dwellings across the board of the, of the um, whole of development, officers taking the view on balance that that's appropriate in that case. Um, the third issue in regarding the landscape and all bund, um, this could be dealt with under the mitigation measures in terms of under the outline planning permission, um, but there was some discussion potentially we could strengthen up up under a landscaping condition as well. Okay. Chairman, just come, come back with, with one follow-up to that, really, and that is on, on the question of the overlooking. We have an Essex design guide. Uh, we repeatedly officers come back with reasons for taking exception to it. Um, it isn't an exception. It happens with almost every application that comes in. Can we have exceptions that are exceptional, please, rather than coming through with almost every application? Um, otherwise, I think that members will feel we have no objection but to, to vote against this because we are being ignored. Uh, Mr Brown, can you advise on that? Please? Can I just remind members that the Council has not adopted the Essex Design Guide as supplementary planning guidance? And so it is the reason why we... It is a good document, don't get me wrong. It's a document that is a good um, indicator of issues in terms of amenity sizes and separation distances. But the council do, has not adopted it as a policy. And so therefore it is, a, it is literally we treat it as guidance, not as a policy. And so this is not an exception to policy. It is considered a guidance. And bearing in mind we are talking five or six dwellings that don't quite comply with that guidance... Uh, we feel that that is not sufficient to actually recommend refusal for it on that basis, and that's the decision we need to make. A decision you need to make. Thank you. Um, I'm going to let Councillor Hicks come in, but then I'm going to go to 
um, Mr Watts after that, and then I'll come to you, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Hicks. Um, <coughs> thank you, Chairman. Um, this um, is detail of a planning application that was granted some time ago, and it seems to me, on the whole, it's a perfectly acceptable and agreeable um, layout of dwellings that um, uh, would be uh, quite appropriate in this setting. The only um, adverse um, consideration seems to be this noise issue, and uh, I'm <coughs> a little puzzled when we get to um, point 10.48 in the um, officer's report, which um, uh, where it says, uh, where are we, the um, concerns have been expressed by Globe Engineering's consultant that Arden may have made a mistake in their calculations. These concerns have been put to Ardent and they stand by their calculation model. So here we have uh, a disagreement on um, uh, this opinion about the, uh, the way in which noise travels from that engineering concern to the locality. Um, a difference in, of opinion between the um, advisors to the applicant and to Globe Engineering, who, whose role in this I'm not quite sure since they're not involved with the planning application. They just happen to be in a, um, a situation where the um, development proposed is going to take place around them. Um, but what I'm, um, does um, put me in some difficulty is that environmental health say they do not have the expertise and acoustic modelling capability to interrogate and verify these calculations and therefore it is necessary to take the resultant levels on face value. Now whose face value? The um, Ardent's face value or um, Sound Planning's face value? Um, <laughs> I find it difficult when the technical advice we're getting appears to be somewhat <coughs> confused. I'd like further um, explanation or, and help on that, if that's possible, please, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Um, Mr Brown, something of that struck me. I should ask you a question on that, and I'm just trying to look at my notes, and I can't find it, so I'll, I'll refer to Mr Watts for a, for a moment. Um, clearly, um, we've got, as Councillor Hicks pointed out, um, the confusion about how far we as a council can um, uh, assess these models of acoustic uh, performance that we're asked to consider. Um, but, and I notice also just noticed that um, the same thing applies to the bun for the M11. Presumably, we couldn't measure in ourselves what the likely uh, benefit of that would be or what form that would need to take. Um, but. We have um, close by to Globe Engineering existing uh, residential properties um, and by the same token you're probably not able to give us a definition of what a cordon sanitaire distance would be if there were one to be arrived at through some criteria. But is there a record of um, any uh, issues that the existing residential people have had um, I'm presuming that the residential properties were there before the Globe um, operations came into being. 
I don't know if we've got that on record. I think that was the question I was going to ask you, Mr. Brown. Right, okay, I'll try and answer as many of these points as I possibly can. Um, I'll go backwards, right. Um, so, in terms of distance separation, what is acceptable and what isn't, they don't exist. The, the assessment that uh, is commonly undertaken is a British standard assessment which rates what level of noise is acceptable over the background. So it's important you get your background, first of all, confirmed and, uh, and sorted out. Then you add on your corrections on what that noise is going to be over and above that background. And there's an assessment methodology of saying what is, what may be significant or give rise to adverse effects and what might give rise to significant adverse effects, depending on context. So that is the assessment methodology that we have to basically, basically play with. There's no uh, uh, black and white in any of this. It's, it's very grey. So in making the determination, make a decision on what is appropriate and what is not when you've got two consultants and myself making a judgment on looking at something, it's a matter of argument, it's a matter of debate um, to, some extreme, to, some ex to some extent. So in terms of your point earlier on about the state of the noise in the front of the properties, that's... Under worst case scenario conditions, that is predicted to be anywhere between 16 and 18 dB over the background, which is very significant. So, but that is under worst case situation uh, scenario, under uh, reasonably reliable background noise levels. Um, and what the developer is choosing to do then is to implement, say, well, okay, but this is this is acceptable because it's at the front of the property. We're changing the layout. We are putting in uh, additional facade insulation, so acoustic glazing, and improving the ventilation. So that's what they're saying is to, to compensate for the fact that that noise is high in the front of, their, that, uh, front of those, those dwellings. Now the planning policy guidance seems to suggest that where there's significant adverse possibility of harm, risk of harm, that the planning process should avoid that uh, through mitigation. Um, so it's quite, it is quite woolly, um, and it does raise concerns, and I've raised those concerns many times. Um, indeed, the last time it was looked at, I think I refused, uh, made a, reject, uh, a recommendation to object. Um, so what they're doing now, they've laid out the properties differently. So the amenity areas, the garden areas, they're saying that there should be no more than five decibels over the background. Now, in accordance with the, the British standard, that should, be, uh, that should give rise to adverse impact still, depending on context. And the context could be, okay, well, you, you're moving into a, a, an area that's affected by, uh, that may be affected by engineering noise, you've got to accept some engineering noise. Uh, the context would, might be that it's only daytime only, most of the time during the working week, um, that the, the, the noise, again, is worst case, and so for the majority of the time it's not going to be that problematic, it may not be that problematic. So it's all those things you've got to put into context. Um, but it is, under worst case scenarios, very, very high at 
the front of those properties. Um, now, in terms of um, the sound propagation modelling that's undertaken, there are various different software packages out there, and they're quite expensive, and they take quite a long time to get used to and the hang of. Um, and you're right, we don't have the expertise in environment health to replicate those models. We don't have the time to do that. And just like any other acoustic report or contaminant land assessment, we have to take what's in front of us as uh, as legitimate as, and, and have some faith in the consultants that they've done a professional job. Um, so uh, Ardent have presented this and in presenting this they, their propagation model seems to indicate that they are within this 5 plus 5 dB um, uh, area within garden areas. So we've, we've, we've sort of uh, agreed on that. Um, now, obviously, sound planning disagree with that. Sound planning have disagreed with that, and uh, but they have not undertaken their own model and exercise. Um, so, on that in that context, if they thought, my my opinion is, if they they, they were that uh, sure that the model was uh, potentially <laughs> incorrect, that that could have they could have repeated that modelling exercise, the information, the data is out there for them to utilise. Um, so in terms of what is correct and what's not, uh, like all these modelling techniques, it's what you put into it and what you get out. Um, we're assuming that it's uh, done professionally, we're assuming that it's done with using the correct information, and the modelling is robust enough to take into account um, uh, all the British standards and everything that you would expect from a from a model, but I can't give any assurances that is correct. So, uh, um, so that leads me on to the motorway. Uh, and in terms of motorway noise, the Bund will provide some level of mitigation uh, to the properties closest. Um, it we would condition it so um, dwellings and the facade insulation measures of the dwellings being the level of glazing and the level of ventilation is such that it, it, it mitigates against that noise from the motorway and we will try and look at the we'll look at the garden areas to ensure that they meet a, a minimum standard of 55 dB which is recommended within British Standard 8.2.3. So uh, it will be affected by motorway noise. There's not getting away from, away from it. But, they, but the attenuation measures uh, would bring it down to what would be considered reasonable. So I hope I've complicated and confused everybody else even more. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Watts. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Can we go back to slide four, please? Thank you. Now, there's two issues here. One is the uh, 20, the eight, six metre bund, which is about 20 feet, quite high. Can you tell me exactly where that would be, please? Will you indicate it on the map? Just where I've got the mouse cursor now. So that, that's the top. That's of the, only at the that's, top. That's the top of the bund. And how long? And it extends all the way down. Right. To just about there, approximate. Okay. So the first point, Chairman. I mean, what we've heard is that it's very hard to assess what the noise levels will be. 
regardless of what software you use, that's the way of it. The band is obviously going to mitigate. Um, I would suggest that the band should be a condition, obviously. Some people build bands and they put a fence on top. There's quite a few of these around Cambridge, the A45, for example, uh, to further mitigate. So that's one thing. The second thing is the factory in the centre. Uh, the factory in the centre, as far as one can tell, has been trading very satisfactorily for years. And then somebody comes along and says, you've got to actually make a lot less noise now because we're going to build houses all around you. Now, it was explained to me. That I was told that this would be explained in the committee as to how it is that a perfectly functioning ISO 9001 factory uh, is required to go to expensive measures or are these going to be paid for by the developer? So my point, Chairman, is... Um, Okay, there's 165 dwellings which have been consented. That means that the developer can build up to 165. They don't have to build all of the 165. But there's a serious challenge with this site due to the proximity of the M11 motorway and a lesser challenge, in my view, due to the actual factory, the pre-existing factory. Uh, so the answer would seem to me to build fewer houses and to put them into the right-hand side of that slide, uh, the, the east side. And that, of course, means less profit for the developer. That's a feature of the site. But can you please answer why it is that the Globe Engineering is um, being required, maybe I've misunderstood this, to spend money uh, on its own noise mitigation when it's been trading perfectly satisfactorily there for years? Yes, please, Mr Brown. First of all, we're not asking Globe to do anything, to be frank. Um, they... Going back to your first point, where you have a, a noise generator in a location and you're bringing residential properties adjacent to it, okay, there, there is an element of buyer beware. I mean, and, and that's what Marcus was saying about the contacts. When people buy a property, they need to be aware there's a noise generator next door. But we also need to be mindful that having said all that, if someone goes there and they raise an issue about a nuisance issue, then it's Marcus's guys that get involved and there is a potential noise issue which falls back to Globe. But they've carried out the noise surveys and they've carried out the noise stuff and I'm not going to reiterate what Marcus has said because I, because I can't, to be quite frank. But the fact is that it has concluded that the mitigation measures are the mitigation measures that the Crest Nicholson will be providing, the uh, applicants will be providing. And there is no work that is, it does not imply that there needs to be any work that Globe Engineering need to do to achieve the situation. Globe may want to do something, but there is not a requirement for them to do it. But you are right. If there was a requirement for them to do it, then it shouldn't be for Globe to pay for it. But there is no requirement from what's proposed for them to do anything. Okay, Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Mr Chairman, could I, could I ask, could you just, just go up to the west of the factory? No, that's the other side. You want to go west is that way, isn't it? No, that's east. That's east, is it? That's west where he is now. Right. Well, that makes it even better then, uh, from my point of view. The prevailing wind normally comes from the southwest. If you look at the, uh, the way that the, the southwest is, there would be very little noise from the factory <coughs> to the houses. If it was the other way round, there possibly could be a lot more. So I think in answer to, uh, and I thank you for answering that question, because I don't have a problem with the M11, because purely people will not buy properties if they don't like it next to the M11. 
and I, I don't have a problem with the factory in as much that I don't think there will be adverse noise. There will be some, but not uh, as much noise as, as would affect people who buy those houses. So I'm sorry, but I don't agree with what... Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Um, I too feel that the M11 is probably the lesser of, uh, I'm going to say, two evils. Perhaps not the quite right expression, but um, uh, within the magnitude of noise problems that we've got, I think the M11 is probably the lesser. When you look at the immediacy of the properties around the factory, um, are we looking at this plan that's on the screen, um, Lindsay? Is this the the plan? It's very small scale here. Um, it, where we've got the two parking um, barns, <coughs> we seem to have, thank you, uh, immediately south of the parking barn that's underneath the extension, um, there are three properties, two of them which seem to face the factory, and I thought the um, policy had been to put back gardens towards the factory, and they seem to fall without that um, premise. I can't read the plot number on here. It's just to clarify, it's plot number 60. This is the garden yep. for the plot here, for plot 60. Yep. Okay, there's, there's two properties there. What you can see is there's plot 60 and 61 with garage and attached in between the two houses themselves. With the gardens to the rear, these are the principal elevations, well certainly plot 60 is the principal elevation fronting onto the so-called extension of Globe Engineering. Does that help? Well, it's just that that comment I made was that um, I thought we were looking at gardens um, abutting the factory boundary rather than the knot, and that one seems to fall the other way around, and then that, that house is actually facing there. Um, uh, it's just an observation I make because somebody said that's how it was designed and it's clearly fallen without that um, piece of guidance. Any further comments, uh, members? Uh, Councillor Riles. Oh, sorry, Councillor Hicks was first. I do beg your pardon. Then, Councillor Riles. Thank you, John. Thank you, Chairman. <coughs> well, uh, having um, heard the um, comments made by our environmental health officer after my questions, um, I really feel a little reassured about that particular aspect of the application. And uh, uh, since I'm, uh, I feel that it, on the whole it, it is a, an, a very appropriate plan for the, uh, for the area, I would like to make, um, propose that this uh, application should be approved. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? It does, Mr Chairman. Seconded by Councillor Chambers. Uh, Councillor Riles. Um, sorry, I still wanted to mull around the idea of the, um, uh, of the, the sound um, effect. Yeah, carry on. Uh, you mentioned that the background, um, that we're looking at uh, anything over 10 decibels above the background uh, noise uh, was going to cause a problem. Does the background noise include the sound of the M11? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If it, so if it does, then it's fine because that's going to be mitigating. By what proportion is that going to be brought down? Yeah, it's based broadly on a 
I think the assessment was undertaken already on the lowest, one of the lowest background noise levels they've taken. What you do is you take them at intervals throughout the day or throughout the measurement period. But still, sorry to interrupt, but that also in, that's still the sound of the M11 going past continuously yeah. at various times during the day. So you take an average, I presume. Yes, yeah, so you'd okay. see it. So how, by, by what sort of proportion is this bond going to reduce that background noise? Do we know roughly? What? Oh, over towards where the factory is, the bund will, is not considered to have any, have, uh, any significant impact. This question was raised. Um, I think the bund was uh, going to have primary impact for the dwellings most closely to it, so to the west there, but over, further over, because the topography of the site, the layer of the site, it's not considered to have any bearing on the overall background levels near the, the factory. Um, that was a question that I put to uh, Chris Nicholson's former consultants um, and Ardent, um, and, uh, and they don't seem to think that it's going to have an impact on the, the overall background noise level at that site. So basically I should, we should ignore the mitigation by Crest of the bond on the sound from the M11 for the effect. Yeah, I don't know where, it, obviously it would have a gradual, it, it, its effects would be greatest over to the west, but as it progresses over, yeah, it, it, will, it will be so gradual across the, the, the site, and so from the middle of the site onwards, or even, even further towards the motorway, it's not going to have an impact on background noise levels. Because, I mean, the, the, this, uh, this morning when we were standing there, there was more noise coming from the M11 than there was from the factory, in my opinion, yeah. continuous. So surely, if, you're, if, if Crest is going to mitigate that sound, they're going to reduce the level of that sound. But you're saying, from the distance where we were at the factory, um, it won't, be, won't change, irrespective of the mitigation. No, no that's, not the, that's the indication I've been given, that it won't reduce background noise levels, ambient noise levels. Okay. Yeah. I'm no expert, but it <laughs> I don't quite understand. If, if, we, if we can yeah. hear it at a certain level, call it, say it's 80 decibels at the moment, yes. and we're standing next to the factory, and Crest do some mitigation, say 10%, brings it down to 72 decibels. Right? Yes. Um, but if I can still hear at 80 uh, this morning, and you're saying that it's not going to make any difference yeah. at all, I find yeah. it very difficult to it's comprehend that. The, the explanation that was given to me, <laughs> the explanation that was given to me is because of the topography. Where you were near the factory is uh, at a different position or height in relation to the motorway. And that bund stretches so far uh, in parallel uh, parallel to that motorway. So it only gives mitigation measures to a certain field or zone, so to speak. Okay. And that will, that will attenuate, and that will, the benefits of that will drop off further into the site you go. So it goes over the top of mitigation, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. so effectively further into the site you go. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that appears to be the case. Although, um, yeah, a, a number of people have raised those concerns because of the, in, in terms of the BS442 assessment, when I said about it's rated over what the acceptable background level is, um, sound planning did raise a concern that if the levels do drop in that area, if the background levels do drop, then that makes the difference greater and therefore those indicates more great, a, a greater impact as a result from Globe Engineering's operations. Okay. Uh, something else that was touched upon was the fact that um, there are going to be some triple glazing to the properties nearest to the uh, factory. 
Um, that doesn't really help if it's the middle of the summer, does it really? And this is a continuous business. Um, and I don't think anybody has touched on whether it's worth deferring this um, because if we're looking at all the different options that one could take to try and reduce the sound, which is what a lot of this is about, mm -hmm. um, nobody's mentioned the effect on, say, for example, for, for Crest, if they were to defer this. Would they, would they have any objection to deferring this? And if so, what, what do we think their reasons would be? Uh, with respect, uh, it's not whether Crest would want us to defer it or not, it's whether we want us Sorry, to defer it and, we, the, and we, we would make that decision it. ourselves. Sure. Um, but uh, the, uh, the question of ventilation, and I think perhaps Councillor Lockham raised this earlier, I know she wants to come back in, <coughs> but it's not only the triple glazing, it's also the mechanical ventilation. So you, you get into walls a passive house situation where you don't throw open the windows because you destroy the, um, the tenant or how the, the building is constructed. So um, there is no need to open windows if you've got continuous ventilation, which is moderating the, the ambient uh, conditions. Councillor Lockham. Sorry, I'm sorry. You, I'm done. You, okay. No, well, I don't know. If you, I think you may have answered it because uh, it says that the kitchens and bathrooms will be orientated towards the noise, and I just wondered whether they would be, um, when it says mechanical, whether I mean my kitchen gets very steamed up, so I open the window. Here, I want to have the option, so I also have an extractor fan, which is probably just as noisy as the. Uh, outside noise uh, and I have one of these things over the cooker which is even worse so I, therefore I, I like I prefer to be steamed up than have the noise so I, I just wondered uh, what this was going what this was going to be is it going to be a noisy ventilation system because if that's the case then it isn't going to mitigate anything is it it's just no. going to make internal noise rather than yeah. external noise yeah no we will as part of the scheme of mitigation we'll make sure that the the level of ventilation and the noise output from that ventilation is it isn't gonna, it is compliant with British standards and will maintain low noise levels internally because quite rightly, as you said, yeah, we don't we don't want to ruin the internal environment. The idea is to preserve a low noise environment inside because outside at times potentially is going to be very intrusive. So. Um, so that mechanism there would be, and so for instance, you'd have whole house and ventilation systems where they, the fan and extract is in the loft space, and it draws ventilation through. But we're not going to. It's not going to stop people from opening their windows. Um, people like to have their windows open, and indeed, at times, um, in reality, globe is not going to cause a problem. And people are going to be able to open the windows. At times, they may potentially cause a problem, or they will cause a problem, and it will be very noisy. So people, to mitigate against that, will have to shut their bedroom windows, uh, those windows. Um, so that is why it's not ideal as far as we're concerned, but we feel that it, it does, in a way, form part of the, um, the, the guideline, well, the British Standard document. Um, and that's why I said it's very much a grey area because there's nothing, there's nothing to say. Well, that's acceptable. Well, that's not acceptable. Um, and from and, and just touch on one base earlier on with respect to what global engineering's concerns are. I think I think that they are concerned legitimately about how they're going to increase as a business or, or, or new equipment or machinery and, and noise on that site. 
Now, we've, the, the assessment has taken into account worst-case noise scenario, but we don't have any idea what the future is going to be in respect of uh, GLOBE and what they're going to have installed on that side. So, the, when if so, the, they have got concerns because if they put something really noisy in the site and because they've got closer neighbours, we would have to look at that in terms of planning and noise impact. Whereas at the minute we would still have to do it, but the houses are a bit further away. So it's a balanced approach that we, we, we tend to make. Yeah. <coughs> Councillor Mills, I'm conscious you haven't. Uh, <coughs> Yes, I've been listening for the last hour. Um, in general, I'm happy that Crest have probably mitigated all of the issues that were arose from the previous concerns. Um, they've obviously taken fairly extensive measures. The only outstanding issue seems to me to be from Globe in as much as if they're going to do, like they did today, open all the windows and open all the doors and we get a high-pitched noise, then that's something which we might be able to mitigate against. So my question to Mr Brown is basically they're talking about an air conditioning system that would allow them to close their doors and windows. Will that be dealt with under the Section 11 or would that, therefore, if we approve today, fall outside of that? When you say Section 11, you mean... Well, the Section 11 is asking for the, the resolution condition of condition noise right. mitigation. Yeah. Condition in other words, will that condition deal with... They agree between themselves that they're going to have an air conditioning system that allows them to close the windows? No, because all the mitigation measures put forward by Crest, which we consider as acceptable are on the site or on the boundary of the site. So, so any other issues that Globe feel is necessary, they would have to address themselves. It's not necessary in terms of from the information that we've got and from the assessments we had. It would help. There's no question about it that it would help. And that is why there are ongoing discussions between, between the applicants and Globe, which have only just started, and that's the indications that we've, that we've got. But that, I think that's something that's better separately from this. Because I think How do we separate it once we've given the approval? Because basically it is not necessary for us to insist that there are works done to the Globe Engineering premises and that Crest should fund it. And, and because it is not necessary, because the mitigation measures put forward, both on the site and on the boundary of the site, are sufficient from the evidence submitted to address the situation in terms of it. And so there, there, there is okay. unlikely to be. We're not saying there would never be a noise issue on this particular site because people will be able to open the site. You should also add that, that obviously it's not a continuous work. There is intermittent work and it can be quite noisy. But Globe Engineering are mindful of the fact that they would need to do something on the site and Crest are mindful of the fact by bringing houses on the fact that will cause it. But it is not something there's a difference between us recommending approval and recommending refusal on this application. So I don't think it is right for us to insist that Crest actually fund any of those works. It may be something that will happen, but it, I don't think it's something, something sure. that we need to kick out of the planning process and be sorted out through negotiation separately. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, I was reading that condition 11 <coughs> on the outline planning consent. It says, Mr Brown said, the scheme has been submitted to us and that's what we'd be approving. And that scheme is on the site, not on the factory. I should, sorry, can I just confirm? That's not quite right, because there are some really nitty-gritty details behind that Condition 11, which is, that is the, what we had in front of us is what they're going to do in terms of the mitigation measures. But Marcus can correct me if I'm wrong, but there are some really nitty-gritty stuff in terms of the detailing, which you would have to go through in terms of make sure it works later on. But the direction of travel seems to oh, be right. right. So that's, that's what we're agreeing 
So are those details yet to be submitted? Yes, so that condition 11 doesn't say that. It's still there. It says until the scheme That's also right. be submitted and approved. Yeah. So, this, so we are still waiting for some scheme details. Okay. Right. Stand corrected on that one. Thank you. Um, I think we've had a good kick around with this one, members. So we do have a proposal for approval. Um, so I'll put that to the vote. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five. And those against? One, two. Abstention. One, two. So is there a, an abstention? One abstention. Thank you. Is that number right? Five two one. I thought we were five three one. No, we're nine. We're nine. I think it's three again. Opposed. So that was three. Five three one. Five three one. Okay. So that matter is approved. Thank you. Our next application, members, is item 4.2, UTT 152089, details following outline application at Flit Screen. And again, it's Mr. Devillian to take us through. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chairman. The uh, next item on today's agenda is the application known as the land of Taunton Road in Fritch Green. The application site extends both sides of Taunton Road within the settlement of Fritch Green. The site itself is generally irregular in shape, relatively level, and is approximately three hectares in size. The site is undeveloped, consistent of open grassland that is relatively open with no established built form. The existing highways of Taunton and Webb intersect the site, separating into three distinctive areas, as you can see on the location plan. Apart from the tree bun that's to the north of the site, uh, the application site is free of any significant vegetation. The vacant parcel of land, as members would have seen this morning on their site visit, uh, currently well, has planned permission for 25 dwellings on the site, but this is yet to commence works. Um, and in here we've got the mouse cursor, obviously works have just finalised on the local co-op shop there along with nine residential flats. To the east of the site, or to the west of the site, is the uh, existing residential housing with football fields and soccer playing fields to the uh, other side. The local school and village hall is located to the south of the site. Turning to the proposal itself, it should be firstly noted that this is a hybrid outline plan application was granted for permission in September of last year. This included the construction of 98 residential units with all matters reserved apart from access and a detailed application with all matters considered for the construction of the playing fields, pavilion, neighbourhood equipped play area, multi-use games area, youth shelter, car park and the remodelling of the nature reserve further south of the brook. 
The application was being presented today that it relates to the first part of the approved hybrid application in that it seeks reserve matters for the construction of the 98 dwellings. The reserve matters for consideration relates to appearance, layout, scale and landscaping. Building styles within the development would range from terrace style buildings, semi-detached and detached buildings that contain different sizes, scales and have different uh, use of materials. The dwellings would be predominantly two storeys in height, although there would be elements of two and a half and three storey buildings. As you can see from the street scene elevations there, it's just a couple of house types. Give you an idea. In relation to the assessment of the proposal, the design and layout of the proposal is considered to be acceptable as it follows the general guidance given by the Essex Design Guide. Each residential unit has been appropriately designed and has been provided to sufficient amenity space and car parking provisions. The proposal has an acceptable mix of dwelling types and sizes and accommodates 40% affordable housing. The proposal will not result in detrimental harm to highway safety and the amount and size of parking bays will comply with the adopted parking standards. It will not result in significant harm to drainage, flooding or impact upon biodiversity or ecology. Officers consider that the proposal will not lead to excessive harm upon the amenities of adjoining property occupiers. It is therefore considered that the proposal is in accordance with both national and local planning policies and meets the obligations of the Section 106 agreement under the outline application. And officers therefore recommend that the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Trevelyan. Now, the only speaker we have registered is the applicant's agent, I believe, as Nikki Parsons. Thank you. And you have three minutes. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, well, as you've heard, this is the details following on from the outline application, so it's the details that you're looking at today rather than the principle. And as acknowledged in your officer's report, and as you've just heard from the presentation, this reserve matters application has involved a significant level of pre-application discussion. The result is a scheme that delivers a high-quality development which complies with your policies of the adopted local plan and the aspirations set out in your housing strategy. It delivers over 50% two- and three-bed units and includes 5% bungalows. It incorporates 40% affordable housing, which amounts to 39 new affordable homes. The concerns that have been expressed in the responses to the application and summarised in the committee report are not backed up by the evidence that the officer refers to in his report to you. Now, I touch briefly on the cordon sanitaire. It's been mentioned as an issue by some people that have written in. Your officer's report clearly and quite rightly identifies that it is an irrelevant matter for the determination of this application, but you as members may wish to understand a bit more about that, so I'll just briefly update you on that issue. There was a cordon sanitaire that affected development on that site. Um, this is no longer the case. There has been a reappraisal of the odour assessment work that was done back in the 90s. That's been updated now. And as a result, Anglian Water have issued a consent order that lifts the legal covenant that prevents development on this site. So there is no longer a cordon sanitaire issue that would affect the implementation of this development. Councillors, you have before you a scheme that is without any objection from statutory consultees and one that has been thoroughly assessed by your officers and found to be compliant with relevant policies and the outline planning permission. 
The site forms part of your five-year housing land supply, which is currently quoted as being between 5.1 and 5.3 years. This is just above your minimum requirement of five years. Councillors, the application provides you with the opportunity to continue to preserve your stated housing land supply, and you can do so safe in the knowledge that your officers do not consider there to be any policy conflicts arising from this scheme. I respectfully urge you to accept your officer's recommendation and approve this application. Thank you very much. Right, members, questions? Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Mr. Williams started off by uh, extolling the virtue of the scheme under the Essex guidelines, and yet again, on 10.15, we ignore the Essex guidelines. Why? I'm not saying we ignore the Essex guidance. It is there for guidance, like Mr Brown said previously under the last application. It would be exactly the same answer. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. On, once again, on off, officers consider on balance. Yes, we say there, is, there are a number of, well, a couple of ones there that don't meet that significant setback. But the guidance states, however, like, yeah, on balance, officers consider it's appropriate. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Can you just confirm the number of affordable houses and this the, the percentage? Yeah. Yeah, as, as you can see in the officer report, total affordable houses was 39. Round that up, yeah. to, it makes it 40%. And can I ask, Chairman, are we planning to keep to that number? Of course, quite often we end up sort of with less somehow. This is the application before us, and that is the number quoted, and that's what we expect. And it's also in the 106. Okay. Thank in that case, Chairman, I propose that we um, accept the application. Thank you. Right. And that will be seconded by Councillor Hicks. Seconded, Councillor Thank you. Chairman. Councillor Lachlan, you wish to say something? Yeah, just a quick question. Uh, there are playing fields, and somebody has said uh, there's no evidence for safety screen. And I know that we did have an application once, or it was an extension. Well, it was there. To, oh, sorry, yes, you weren't on the site visit. Is, 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 is it is in there? place? I, just, yes. I couldn't see yes. it. Am I going round, round the doodah? Where is it? It's at the back of the... It's physically sorry. on site at the moment. Mm. So oh, it's there? It is in place. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, could, I'm sorry I couldn't find it. I'm scouring it's not the plan, the, but it is in place. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. That's fine. Thank you. All right, it's just been pointed out to me. <laughs> uh, just uh, Thank you. One comment from me in the absence of uh, nobody else wishing to speak. Um, this is virtually, well, not quite the final piece in this jigsaw, which has been gone on, going on for quite some while. Yeah. And uh, I took a, an opportunity to, to walk into the um, co-op this morning. I'm delighted to see how big it was and it was being well used, even if they wouldn't sell me out-of-date mince pies. The, the sports fields are in, the nature reserve is in, all of those things that were promised when people first were sold Oakwood Park back in the day. Um, and I'm happy that we've uh, got a recommendation here for approval. Uh, Councillor Mills, I believe you wanted to say something? Only, Mr Chairman, that I will be supporting the application, but I'm not quite sure how they managed to get the restriction raised on the odour, um, because it's still pretty strong whenever you drive past. So, uh, just a mute point. Yes, you're... Well, yeah, OK. <laughs> I mean, it, it has been lifted, or the process of lifting it has been um, underway. So, uh, again, it's one of those things that we, we understand it's coming from someone who is an expert on the system. So, um, there we go. 
Any further comments? No. Councillor Riles, yes. Just a quickie. Um, <clears throat> and what um, the notice we've got some affordable houses in the scheme. Uh, do, do we ever um, ask the developer what the price of the affordable homes are likely to be, or is it outside of planning? Who's going to? Well, it's, it's, it's outside of planning. It's not part of the merits of what we assess or part because of the application. Yeah. Okay, I know I appreciate that it comes about the Housing Association and, and obviously what makes this, these sort of applications incredibly um, uh, attractive is the fact the number of affordable homes. But sometimes um, some developers might set the cost of an affordable home a lot higher than what the market rate is. So that maybe a person's buying 30% or 70%, whatever the percentage is. Um, the developer still is getting his um, additional profit even though he's providing a, an affordable home. So they won't be market. This is. I'm not talking about these developers. I'm just talking no. on a general point. Um, but I just wondered if this is something that we could talk about maybe another time outside of here. Mr. Brown might correct me, but uh, the developer doesn't set the on a shared ownership scheme. The developer does not set the price of the unit. That is done by the registered uh, provider. Um, and they have their own rules and regulations that they must adhere to. Um, so, you know, we, let's see, if you're looking at market affordable housing, there may be credence in what you say. We don't know. That's correct, yeah. Fine, thank you. Then uh, we have a proposal for approval, so we'll go to the vote, please. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you. That matter is approved. The next item on the agenda, members, is 4.3 UTT 15 stroke 2764. It's an application for full planning consent at Takeley, and Mrs. Jones will take us through it. Thank you. Uh, this application relates to a brownfield site to the south of the B1256 in Takeley uh, that we visited this morning. The site was formerly occupied by the Little Chef and an SO petrol station. It is outside development limits and is adjacent to the Flitchway, which is now designated as a county wildlife site. The proposal is for change of use from a sui generis petrol filling station and a free restaurant to sui generis 139 Bay Car Park with the erection of a two metre brick wall to the front and side boundary to the west, a waiting shelter, lighting and landscaping. 34 bikes are also provided, would be provided for use by the staff. Gates um, would be open metal sliding gates. There are two extent planning permissions on the land for a, a motor dealership and a vehicle hire stroke office um, development. Accordingly, the principle for commercial use on this site has already been deemed acceptable. The two metre brick wall to the front boundary is considered to be incongruent form of development which brings an urban character into the countryside setting. The applicants have indicated landscaping to the front of the walling. However, specialist landscape advice is that although native species 
can survive in relatively heavy partial shade, their successful establishment and their rate of growth will be reduced when planted against a north-facing wall. It has been suggested that appropriate secure enclosure of the site would be a wire mesh panelled fencing and the planting of a double staggered row of mixed native hedge to the outer side of the road frontage. The applicants have stated that they do not wish to comply with this suggestion. The wall to the side boundary is considered to be acceptable. Um, the recommendation um, is for refusal in, in relation to the brick wall because of the impact of the brick wall. Thank you, Mrs Jones. Now, the Parish Council have uh, submitted a statement which uh, Adam will read on their behalf. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, Takeley Parish has no objection to this application with the following provisions. Number one, a condition is included to limit the use to Western Group Business Centre, thus eliminating the possibility of airport-related parking. Point two, we understand low-level bollard lighting will be installed rather than street lighting poles. Every effort should be made to reduce light intrusion for neighbouring properties. Point three, lighting should be extinguished outside operating hours. This as per application form. Point four, the Parish Council advocates secure wire fencing and a variety of suitable planting on the border with Flitchway. And lastly, point five, the Parish Council supports the proposed two-metre wall with trees and shrubs at the front boundary. There are already a number of walled properties within the village, so this will be in keeping with the street scene. And that's all I've said. Thank you, Adam. And now we have the uh, applicant, uh, Mr Peter Luda. Thank you. And you have three minutes, Mr Luda. Thank you. Thank you, Chair and Members. Western Homes gave an undertaking to Takeley Parish Council when we consulted it over this proposal that we would try our utmost to tailor this car park to its wishes, i.e. our consultation would mean something. Faced with the options of either an industrial mesh fence or a wall, both behind a hedge with trees, the Parish Council unanimously opted for the wall. They have made this clear in their representations, stating that they object to the fence. We are probably the biggest business in Takeley, and we wish to be considered by our local community as a good neighbour. We are not proposing the wall for cost-saving, but we agree with the parish that it will screen the cars all year and will avoid headlights facing towards the road through the hedge at departure point in the winter. We are also concerned at the maintenance of a large and tall hedge having to be kept off the highway verge and tidy along the top. This would require regular trimming from a stepladder rather than off the ground. For this reason, we see the merit in a screen wall softened by trees and a lower hedge behind the deep grass verge. In terms of visual impact of the wall, you may have noted from the site visit that this part of Takeley has changed dramatically in recent years with much house building very close to the road, including three-storey gable ends at the back edge of the pavement and tall walls and fences close to the pavement. This has created a more urban streetscape, albeit with plenty of trees and hedges, rather than a rural landscape. We feel our wall behind trees and hedges will very much fit in. The hedge would be watered by us to ensure its survival on the north side of the wall. It's our hedge. We will look after it. There is no evidence that the northern face of other nearby hedges have failed. 
We would also accept a condition to glaze in the shelter to avoid any noise from conversation as raised in the report, should that be considered necessary. Finally, though, I must stress that we need this car park. Our staff numbers have risen by 18 to 332 since the application was lodged in September, so additional spaces are really needed. Accordingly, if you are not persuaded by my case for the wall, would you please consider approving the application with a condition requiring details of a fence and a hedge to be approved? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lula. Um, from my point of view, I'll kick this off. Um, uh, I, we've looked at the evidence we've had is a couple of uh, uh, computer-generated images of either a fence or a wall. Um, and I much prefer the wall because you can't see the cars. Um, however much uh, planting may grow up, it will uh, still lead to that vision. Um, I don't like the wall, uh, the design of the wall. I'd much rather see uh, second-hand bricks, perhaps with a half-round coping and perhaps even with some flint panels inserted. But we, whatever we want, we'll need something to uh, approve in, if we do approve this uh, application we would need something in the way of a submission to satisfy a condition of the proposed uh, external treatments right i'll throw it over to other members thank you councillor chambers i entirely agree with you mr chairman i think we should um, propose approval for the wall because i think the wall plus the hedge uh, will be to me, much more suitable than having a, a wire mesh fence uh, along the front of the road. Um, with regard to your, your comment about the bricks, yes, if it was possible to do it in an uh, environmentally friendly brick, if I might put it that way, or an older brick, uh, that would be preferable. But if you want a proposal, I will propose that, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a second off the floor? Whoa, anywhere you like. We'll go ladies first. Yeah, but we'll, we will need some conditions, um, and they would be. <laughs> Please, Nigel. Right. <laughs> hang on. We also need to pick up what Takey Parish Council suggests, which I also agree with some of those. If it's approved, we have the normal time limit condition. Um, we suggest a contamination issue because, you know, it's, this is not about, because obviously it's not residential going on there, but there is potential pollution, so we do need to do cont contamination. Uh, we've put no flood lighting or other forms of external lighting, although you put another condition later on saying control. Yeah, okay, I've got you now here. So there's details over the flood lighting, which is picking up some of the parish point. Um, we would also have pick up the parish's point about the controlling the hours during which the lighting can be used, so we can do that. Um, I would also suggest we have um, the highways. I don't usually do this condition, but bear in mind this is a car park um, they pr to prevent water from going out onto the main road, uh, discharge of water on, so we need a drainage condition on that. Obviously a landscaping scheme, a uh, soft landscaping scheme to be submitted, and I would suggest... Oh yeah, yeah, soft landscape. And I also suggest that we have, unless they've already submitted them as part of the application, details of the materials. Have they... Have they if they've already... Could I suggest if they have submitted the materials, this is for members, 
if they have submitted the materials, I suggest we say notwithstanding the submitted details, we need to agree the materials. But I think the issue for officers was the wall, and I think we can, you know, we, we can agree the, the we can agree the details. But I suggest the condition regarding the materials. Right. That's it. Thank you. Uh, are you satisfactory for the proposal in the seconder? As it is a business, um, shouldn't there be? I know you don't want lighting in the. There shouldn't be lighting in the car park, but there should be some security lighting because. Yeah. Sorry, uh, and there will be people working late, so there, you know there ought to be just, some form of. I'm lighting. also anxious. I'll just miss one out as well. Um, the there will be no flood lighting. We could have a condition that says. Um, all details of lighting should be submitted. That doesn't necessarily mean imply that we're going to allow flood lighting, but it means that we, you will need levels of low lighting. And I've missed out the condition about no airport parking, which is an important condition as well. I haven't missed anything else out, but there was a good, we have a standing condition which says no airport parking. We've got ways of controlling that. Right, I'm going to go around the tables because hands went up everywhere. Councillor Mills, have you got anything? No. no. Councillor Riles? Councillor Lodge, Councillor Freeman, I know you have. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you, Chairman. I think if the uh, wall were softened somewhat with some maybe flint features or whatever, it would make it look very much better. But otherwise, I think it's very satisfactory. Thank you. Councillor Hicks. Um, Chairman, all, the only thing I'd add is I agree with Councillor Freeman, but I think that the um, low-level hedge in front of the wall, in fact, takes off the bleakness of the wall. Thank you. Um, on the conditions that you mentioned, uh, Nigel, you talked about uh, contamination, but as a car park being hard surfaced, is that an issue? Does it caps the uh, any contamination, doesn't it? But there's, yeah, but then uh, you've got hard standing, and you, it, it's, it's not necessarily saying contamination is going to be a major issue. It just says if we find... Do we, we need a record of it? We do need a record of for it. For future... We also need to intercept any... Yeah, Because obviously okay. you've got cars as well, and so therefore oil interceptors and stuff like that. It's all that type of stuff, to be honest. There's nothing major. No, but there, there would not need to be any remediation I'm not, I'm because like the, the hard surface would no, cap I'm it, like wouldn't it? it yeah, don't make it too onerous. Okay, fine. Thank you. Uh, right, let's go to the vote then. All those in favour of approval, please show. Thank you very much. That matter is approved. And we shall move on to the final item on our agenda, item 4.4, which is application UTT 152336. It's a full application uh, in Saffron Walden. And Mrs. Shoesmith, you'll take us through, please. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located in the northeastern corner of the Shire Hill Industrial Estate located in Saffron Walden. You can't see it from there, but I will give you a larger image. This isn't in context of uh, where the site is actually located. Um, the application is for the change of use of land from grassland to highway use, and it's literally the piece of land that we're talking about is uh, highlighted and outlined in red here. The application has been submitted to allow for the provision of a secondary access, uh, primarily for the adjacent site, which is located here. If I show you, this is an outline of um, the adjacent site, which has been granted planning permission. Um, it's been granted planning permission for a development of up to 200 dwellings. Um, 
office floor space, care home housing, provision of a primary school with access gain from Radwinter Road um, located here and the secondary access being from Shire Hill. Now, the access that's been submitted as part of this application um, has been previously considered and approved and has been secured through um, a signed Section 106 agreement and is also achievable under the Highways Act. The Section 106, um, which formed part of the uh, adjacent site approval for the housing, secured money also towards highway parking orders for this part of the Shire Hill estate. Planning permission has been applied for, therefore, in this instance, to clarify that this parcel of land, literally, that bit there, um, has, has had planning permission for highway purposes to serve the adjacent site. Representations have been outlined within the report. Um, also, no objections have been received, both from highways, landscaping and ecology. The proposed scheme, as a result, is considered acceptable and recommended for approval, subject to conditions as highlighted on pages 92 to 93 of the report. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shoesmith. Now we have one speaker listed, uh, Louise Steele. She's not here, Chairman. She's not here. Right. We have no speakers. Uh, right, members, I'll throw it over to you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, this is the Manor Oak development, and obviously it's a done deal because it uh, has outlined consent already, and there's no question that it's going to go ahead. Um, the concern is that the primary access is off Radwinter Road, and the secondary access, as Ms. Shusuf said, is this access that we're looking at off the Shire Hill, likes to call itself the Shire Hill Business Park or whatever. Um, the concerns. Uh, of the Town Council is that if this access is made now um, it will become colonised by um, possibly uh, travellers or whatever uh, it's a fence at the moment, you can't get into the site uh, and the other perhaps greater concern is that the access through Shire Hill is difficult, lots of parking uh, and so one needs to have some traffic management system in place, which was considered as part of the Manor Oak development. But that needs to be in place before one actually um, puts this access into uh, force. So a gramping condition, Chairman, will um, ensure that the two actually go in lockstep and that you don't end up with an access here which can be uh, subject to um, travellers. Uh, setting up a site. We've had this in Saffron Walden with the um, Swan Meadow, which was occupied for a few days as it happens, uh, but nevertheless it meant the Swan Meadow car park was out of action for a while. We don't want that to happen, so it's sensible to avoid that. Uh, and secondly, we don't want uh, a lot of construction traffic dragging through Shire Hill before the parking restrictions are properly in place. So it's just a matter of approaching the issue in good order, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Any other comments? Um, my uh, comment about the um, <coughs> colonisation, uh, Swan Meadows open. Anyone can drive in there at any time. This will be secure. It's a building site, so uh, I, I, I really can't see that as really being a, a, a real issue. Um, when I first saw this on the list, I thought, well, this is, this is a non-application, really. It, it, 
it is required as part of the previous consent given, and it was given with that secondary access. Um, the matter of timing of the um, the implementation of the parking restrictions. Um, I'm not sure how that sat within the original application. Um, just looking at the conditions that we've got attached to this one, if we approve it. Um, time and up to standard, yeah, we know that. In, the call, in conjunction with the planning consent previous um, and the associated conditions. So. We, could, we could strengthen. I mean, I think the main issue here is it being done in isolation is the issue, isn't it? So, therefore, I think what we're trying to do in condition three is trying to tie it to the outline permission in any subject. So, maybe rather than yeah. say the development here by should be implemented in conjunction, we should say the development shall not be carried out unless in conjunction with. So, therefore, yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 I propose approval, Mr. Chairman, with that subject condition. to that yep. reinforcement. Yep. That Could we just get the precise condition, please? Sorry, no, Eric, yeah. first, come. Yeah. I'll, I'll put you down as a second, Councillor Freeman, subject to getting this wording right. Yeah. Okay. I was right. sorry. I would suggest the development should not be carried out, should not be implemented, unless in conjunction with the. I think we need to, rather than say the outline application, in conjunction with the reserve matters applications associated with the outline permission and in accordance with the associated conditions and section 106 obligation. Yep. That would cover it because the parking restrictions are all covered in the 106 as well. So therefore, I think that would... It's just that linking it. We just don't want it in isolation. You're right. Is that, is that okay, Councillor Lodgy? Okay. And you're okay with that? Fine. Okay, so it's been proposed and seconded with that slightly rewording of the condition to strengthen the, uh, the situation. Uh, so all those in favour, please show. Um, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Right, that matter is approved. Um, we have no other urgent business. Um, let's just say to the members of the public, thank you for supporting us throughout the year and wish you all a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Mr Chairman, could we uh, uh, wish you and your family a very happy uh, Christmas and a healthy New Year? Well, that's very nice of you, Councillor Chambers. Thank you very much. Could I... <coughs> Untoward. When you have a location map on there, can you put north, south, east, west? Because some of them have got them and some of them... Some of them haven't. Because where the help. prevailing wind is makes a lot of difference as to where you, when you talk about noise. I'm always doing that. Uh, well, Thomas Schaffernacker here. North, east, west. North, east, but it is. You know, it, it is. I think you're right. North, yes. Get your bearings.